You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 24. Yeah, back at it again. Sorry for the little break, guys. Uh, we all got sick in our house, and we sounded like shit, so we didn't really want to record. So, we're back. Yep. Aren't you excited? I'm very excited for this one. We had a long break from all this true crime, but we're back. Okay, guys, <laughs> we're going to go talk about the Alaskan Avenger, Jason Vukovic. Whoop, whoop. And you, you know this, you know this, I think I listened to uh, I mean, I always say this, I listen to a podcast and then came home and then tell you about it and you're yeah. like, holy shit, that's a fucking crazy story. So we're going to do it on this one today. And I hope everybody had a great holiday, by the way. Merry, merry. Yes. Anyways. Okay. So Jason Vukovic was born June 25th, 1975 in Anchorage, Alaska to Gary and Sandy. He also had an older half brother, uh, Joel. It's spelt Joel, but I heard in a, another podcast that I was listening to about this, and I'm pretty sure it's spelt, or it's uh, pronounced Joel. So, yeah, that was an older half-brother. And they actually shared the same father, but they both, I don't believe, have ever met him. So when Jason was four years old, his mother remarried his... She remarried to his stepfather, Larry Lee Fulton, who actually later adopted him and his half-brother, Joel. So, yeah, Larry adopted him and his half-brother, Joel. Sandy and Larry were extremely religious people. They were just very dedicated Christians to the point where they never missed church service. They would go to church around, like, two or three times a week. Jason finally had, like, a father figure in his life, but his stepfather was a huge piece of shit, actually, and he went on to physically and sexually abuse both Jason and Joel. Larry would tell the boys that they needed to have their late night prayer sessions and this would occur like really, really late at night and Larry would use these sessions to molest the boys. Larry went on as far as using pieces of wood to hit the boys as well as whipping them with belts. Um, His brother Joel even stated, quote, we'd roll over on the bunk beds and be up against the wall. It was my job to go first so he would leave Jason alone. Like, how sad is that? What a fucking piece of shit. I know. And it's always these super religious yeah. Christians. Mm-hmm. I don't need to put it out there, but I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah, I know. It sucks to say that. But yeah, you do hear time after time, like, these religious parents and, like, horrible things, like, kind of happening with their kids. And yeah. And yeah, I wrote, like, can you imagine just being a child and, and knowing that in your head that you have to take this abuse, like, physically and sexually, like, from your fucking stepfather just to protect your little brother. Like, I can't even imagine unless like a little little kid, you know. How close do you think you are to God and all that shit and all your beliefs when you're fucking doing that kind of stuff? Exactly. I wonder if it's some kind of like psychological thing where like, oh, I'm going to church. I'm a great person. And then, you know, come home and do this. Wash your sins away and just come back and do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jason later stated that, quote, you can imagine the horror confusion I experienced with this man who adopted me began using late, late night, quote unquote, prayer sessions to molest me, end quote. Larry was later charged with second degree abuse of a minor in 1989. And how much time do you think Larry got for that? 
I don't know, probably nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Got no prison time whatsoever. And even after he was like charged with this whole thing, you know, with abuse and everything and sexual abuse, he didn't get charged. And then the same man that abused um, Jason and, and Joel took them home that night. And like nobody thought to check up on these boys to make sure that they were okay. And this piece of shit's not like still abusing them. Blows my mind. Um, so yeah, he's still living in the same house. And of course he, you know, the abuse continued for sure. And these poor boys were stuck at home in like a very dangerous and scary situation. And they just had nobody, like even their own mother. Um, sorry, I'm getting worked up. Um, it was when Jason was 16 years old that he had just had enough of this sexual and physical like abuse from Larry. So Joel and Jason ran away and they um, ended up moving to Washington. Although moving to Washington would be quite challenging because he's only 16 years old and his brother, his, you know, his half-brother, Joel, is around 20 years old at this point. Jason had no identification, he had no money, and so to get by, Jason pretty much had to start stealing, like, in order to, you know, eat and just to survive. But he ended up getting, like, a really lengthy criminal history because of that, obviously. His crimes spread from Washington to Oregon, Idaho, Montana, California, and eventually he made his way back to Alaska in 2008. Jason did say that because of the abuse that he received as a child, he started to hate himself, and that was part of the reason why he, you know, was committing all these crimes, too. Jason stated, quote, My silent understanding that I was worthless, a throwaway. The foundations laid in my youth never went away, unquote. And unfortunately, he still, you know, committed crimes of theft and fraud when he was back in Alaska. So he was just in and out of jail, like, as you know, when he was very young. It was in 2016 when I believe that's when Jason had just gotten out of jail for like all these petty crimes. And he started to look through the Alaska's sex offender registry. He was so fucking, I'm sure he was sitting in jail just brewing, thinking about his fucking stepfather and all these other pieces of shit. That so. get off with nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he started looking through the registry and Jason started to make a list of any men that were on this registry for sexual crimes against children. Jason started to obsess over hurting these people for what they had done to children, kind of expressing what he had gone through, you know. On, on this um, notebook that he had, Jason wrote down three names from the sex offender list. There was Charles Albee, Andres Barbosa, and Wesley Demarest. On June 24th, 2016, Jason made his way to 68-year-old Charles Albee's house, who was convicted of second-degree abuse of a minor in 2003. So Jason went up to his front door and knocked on it and Charles opened up the door and Jason shoved his way in demanding that Charles get on the bed and Jason proceeded to tell him he knew what he had done and he found him on the registry and he just started slapping the shit out of Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all could think that we would want to do some shit at that point, you know? That'd go way worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then he, he robbed him and he left his house after beating the shit out of him. Three days later, on June 27th, 2016, around 4 a.m. in the morning, Jason knocked on 25-year-old Andres Barbosa's front door. Andres was charged for possession of child pornography in 2014, and he did end up coming to the door when Jason knocked on it, and he asked if, he, if that was him, and he's like, yep, I'm Andres, and Jason <laughs> entered his home demanding he sit on the chair. Jason continued to call him a pedophile, punching him in the face, and bashing his head in with a hammer. Jason pretty much told Andres that he was there to collect what Andres quote-unquote owed. 
Jason then left, but two days later on June 19th, 2016, Jason would go to the house of his last and final victim, Wesley Demarest. Wesley was a 68-year-old man who was convicted in 2006 of attempted sexual abuse of a minor. It was around 1 a.m. that Wesley's roommate woke up to one of their windows being broken, and that woke up Wesley, but Jason was already in the house. Jason found the two in Wesley's room and demanded that the roommate leave. Jason told Wesley to get onto his own bed, and then he proceeded to ask him if he was a registered sex offender, and Wesley did admit that he was. Jason then asked if he thought that he had paid for his crimes that he had committed, and Wesley replied, yes, but Jason thought otherwise, and Jason replied, quote, no, you didn't pay for it enough, unquote. I hate to side with him because he's like, obviously violence is not the answer, but I could see his anger brewing as like a child you know just like want to beat the shit out of these fucking people because they haven't paid enough for their crimes they're living out in the world and these poor you know children essentially are suffering with every day you know this guy is fucking awesome i know (laughs) people might not agree with that but (laughs) so jason told him to get on his bed again but wesley kept refusing jason told him to get on his knees and wesley again refused Jason just started wailing on his head with a hammer just over and over again saying, quote, I'm an avenging angel. I'm going to mete out justice for the people you hurt, unquote. But the way that he, um, I've never heard about it, it, or I've never seen this before. Meet is M-E-T-E. I looked it up and the, and the um, definition is dispense or allot justice, a punishment or a harsh treatment. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I wrote this in my notes, like, violence is not okay. I totally don't condone that. But I think in the back of our heads, when it's a situation with children or, you know, in their past or whatever, I feel like it's not the right thing to do. But I think a lot of people want to kind of go that way to fucking harm people that have done shitty things to children. Shelly doesn't condone violence, but I'm for this action. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, so, you know, they're little innocent lives and they don't. Like, this shouldn't be happening to them, so, you know. Yeah, so. And this is supposed, like, when this happened to Jason, that was supposed to be his supposed, quote, like, father. Like, this man adopted them, and he finally had a father figure, you know, so. So, yeah, so Jason was just, like, beating him with a hammer until he finally went unconscious. And after that, Jason stole his laptop, and then he just left Wesley's house. Wesley had served nine months in prison for sexually assaulting a little kindergarten girl. So now you kind of, you know... It's like it's a fucking piece of shit. Harm this little girl. Now she's living with that, you know. And I'm, See, that's it, why I love that's that. Jason why, did that's why that. the judgment on them through the justice system is bullshit. Yeah, you know, they, these guys can get off so fucking easily and just what they're, they're to be registered and not allowed to live by parks and schools. But you, who, who fucking knows what they still fucking do? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, they yeah. they they have. That's not justice being served at all to these kids that fucking live with this for the rest of their fucking lives. Yeah. So fuck yeah, avenging yeah. angel. Yeah, I know. I kind of love that name. Um, so yeah, Wesley had done, he had to do three years in a sex offender treatment program as well. After Wesley was beat unconscious and he finally came to, he called 911. And shortly after that, Jason was found sitting in a Honda Civic. And in the car was also that notebook containing the three men's names and all of their addresses. They arrested Jason and during his trial, he did plead guilty. And Jason was charged with first degree assault third-degree assault, and first-degree burglary in 2018. Jason was to serve 28 years in prison, but five years of that would be suspended, so he was to serve 23 years with five years probation. 
Jason stated that he never received for all, you know, any help for all this traumatic events like that occurred in his life and that he had to go through as a young child. He never got help from it. And the only person that understood was Joel, his half-brother, because he endured the same stuff. And Larry, you know, he was charged with second-degree abuse of a minor, and they just let him go back. But then this guy, obviously, like I said, violence is not good, but he gets all this this time in jail. See? It's fucking bullshit. It blows my fucking mind. I mean, of course, you know, what he did was... Against the law and shit, but... Absolutely. Absolutely. But it just blows my mind that somebody can do something to a little child and nothing fucking happens. It's disgusting. Until someone like this comes along. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm sure he's not the only one. Jason had stated that this made him feel like he just meant nothing to everyone but his brother. So that led him to this life of crime. While in jail, Jason wrote into a newspaper. And in this letter, he wrote, quote... If you have already lost your youth, like me, due to a a child abuser, please do not throw away your present and your future by committing acts of violence. I'm far from perfect, a flawed and imperfect individual like everyone else. However, it's important to me that someone else who was born and raised in Alaska who had a similar upbringing doesn't end up with this outcome because, quite candidly, it sucks. I began my life sentence many, many years ago. And it was handed down to me by an ignorant, hateful, poor substitute for a father. I now face losing most of the rest of my life due to a decision to lash out at people like him. To all those who have suffered like I have, love yourself and those around you. This is truly the only way forward. End quote. Damn. I know. He seems, I don't know, that's crazy. Kind of remorseful. Maybe he shouldn't have taken this route, but I could understand how angry he would be and and like lash out and want to fucking hurt people especially sitting in jail you know probably just thinking about this stuff all the time but he does seem remorseful and wish he probably wouldn't have gone this route and gotten help himself before he did all that in an interview with uh, Wesley his the last um, victim that he attacked with the hammer he said quote mentally I'm still baffled it just pretty well destroyed my life so he got what he wanted I guess end quote so he did fuck up Wesley's life you know, in a way, he kind of did what he wanted. Um, Wesley did lose his job because of the injuries he sustained from the attack from Jason. But this fucking piece of shit, Wesley, came back and stated about Jason being in jail, quote, I prefer if he wasn't walking around while I'm alive. Like, don't you what think... What about that little fucking kindergarten girl? Exactly. Don't you think she doesn't want you fucking alive and walking around? He doesn't deserve to fucking walk around alive. Exactly. Fuck that fool. Yeah. Fuck like, all those fools. He doesn't even think about that shit. Like, that little girl has to live with that shit for the rest of her life, and now you do too, but, like, that's fucked up. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be walking around, piece of shit. Ugh. Yeah, I like it. Like I was saying, yeah, that poor child was sexually abused, and it's the same thing. He shouldn't be walking around. He should be behind bars, and... Yeah. You got so, the judgment of Thor's hammers to pedophiles. Hell yeah. <laughs> so um, Jason did actually have another sister that later on in life they found each other, I guess. Um, and she stands by him. She supports him. She's like stated on social media that Jason is finally getting treatment for all the abuse that he suffered as a child. And he actually did start um, a PTSD therapy in September of 2021. And he will be eligible for discretionary parole in July 2023, so next year, summer of next year. And if they decide in his favor at the hearing, then he will 
like if they kind of go against of what he did and everything, he's going to get an additional additional 10 years. Oh, my so God. So 2033 will be the next. Yeah. That's some bullshit. I know. Yeah. But his sister, I believe her name is Angela. There's um, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow her. She's always posting stuff about it. And there's also a petition. Um, I, maybe I'll put that in a little show note thing. So you guys, if you guys want to help Jason out, I'm sure. And they're always trying to do like, uh, was it commissary to get him money for that? And and I heard that he writes people. I was thinking about it. I think he writes people back if you write to him and stuff like that and just get his like opinion. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'm just going to play also a little clip that Jason did from prison, just talking about like his mom and his family and stuff like that. But yeah, that's uh, that's Jason's story. Fuck yeah, Jason. And I feel like, yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to do this episode. It's crazy. It's interesting. And he was like not trying to be piece of shit, but kind of like, you know, I mean, not piece of shit because he was also I mean, obviously fucking hurt as a child and physically and sexually abused. And that's not okay. And he just wanted and to get also his revenge. And also, there's no justice served ever between that. With sexual sexual assaults in general, I mean, rape, you see uh, like these guys getting off, like, with nothing. Mm-hmm. Slap on the wrist, fucking, all these fucking pedophiles still able to fucking walk around. They they deserve to be fucking in jail long, any, any sentence longer than a fucking drug dealer or a violent act. That's something that sticks with the person. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And the fact that he's getting, like, 20-plus years for this and... His stepfather got nothing. Yep. Nothing. It blows my mind. So, I don't know why it still does, but it does. Comment yeah. on this, you know, when you know we post on Instagram about this, and I want to hear what you guys have to think. And I would love to know what everyone thinks. If they know, disagree with us, if you agree with us. Violence not the way, with, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. you fuckers think. Violence mm-hmm. not the way with something like this. And <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear everyone's opinion. That's why I kind of want to do the story. I know it might be kind of a little controversial, but... yeah. I'll be controversial. I'm, I'm Kill pedophiles. <laughs> of course you would. But yeah, share it. Let's talk about it. I want to know. And uh, yeah, thanks for sticking around these past two weeks while we were sick and didn't do anything. We got some more interesting ones to come. Hell yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I had a good Christmas one. I'm going to push it back. It's going to be in January. But whatever. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it because it's a crazy one. But yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode, guys. We love you. And we enjoy doing this. And be safe. And be aware. And What's the fucking thing? <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Stay safe and be aware. That's what it was. Bye, guys. I would say as I was growing up, I was close with my mother. Although, in hindsight, I just wonder about the sickness or the twistedness of that particular relationship. Uh, because that was some of what conflicted me, you know, when I ran away from home trying to reconcile my home life. Uh, because what sort of woman stays with the convicted child molester that she watched and facilitated abusing her own kids throughout their entire life until they had to forcibly run away from home? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, yeah, I was definitely close with my mom, but I feel like it was just some sort of a sick relationship. What's interesting about that is the dynamic in the household is that He was an extreme anger, you know, angry person um, and reacted to everything with yelling and violence, et cetera, et cetera. However, she was very controlling and was in charge of the household, you know, kind of in in a passive aggressive way. So and she is a large woman and a large person. Um, And then the other thing that complicates the dynamic is you have to you have to 
factor this whole home scenario through uh, this church slash cult, which we now know in hindsight is what it was that they were associated with, this whatever version of deep Christianity they were involved with, there's all kinds of spiritual hierarchy that takes place. You know what I'm saying? And uh, in that regard, she certainly was the queen of the of the home.